What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady and he caught ball. Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons and won a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 30. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directed. Oh, throw the other down. Intercepted. Picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome in, everybody, to the Salty Dogs podcast yes. as we get as, as we head into the postseason. <laughs> I am Scott Smith. Oh, you're so smooth today, aren't you? <laughs> Just tell them who you are. And I am Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. We are. And, uh, you know, there's nothing really to get particularly happy or salty about from the last game. Um, I know we got an did email. Did we have a game last week? Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Oh, okay. Just I, I don't think I'll remember anything about this game a couple years from now. Uh, let's see. What can I remember about this game? Uh, the mac and cheese was really, really good in the, the press box. The the puppy race at halftime was pretty well, darn great. The, see, there you go. The win- you I, called it a wiener dog race, well, that's but they weren't all wiener dogs. Yeah, but see, that's what I, when I looked out, they looked like wiener dogs to me, and there I was started laughing. different varieties. Yeah. Yeah. That it was, was, <laughs> there, there, was like a, there was like seven or eight gates. Yes. At the 50. Mm-hmm. And then they opened them and they were, it was, I guess the competition was who could run to their owner in the end zone the fastest. Yes. And on the first heat, one dog sprinted the entire way and all of the others came out and just wandered around. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out where they, they were. Spent, they were looking for a spot. <laughs> well, that or they were looking for treats or yeah. some kind of play. But uh, it was, they did like three heats and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, that's. So that's what we remember. And But, but I also remember that it was a game that the Buccaneers didn't need. And that made me really happy because that would have sucked if we really needed that game. Well, I'm not. It wouldn't be fair to the Falcons to say, "Well, if we if we were trying, we would have won that game." No, no, no. But no. we did pull all start, of our. Yeah. We pulled Tom Brady after five drives, and we pulled virtually every starter we could at halftime. Yeah, I was more looking at it as that it was an opportunity for some of the starters to play and then sit down. Todd Bowles apparently good. thought, and he's probably right, that by at least playing them for part of a half or a half. Uh, would allow them an opportunity to build a little bit on the momentum of mm-hmm. the good week 16 offensive performance mm-hmm. and stay in and stay in a rhythm yeah. of playing. And so I guess that's that ended up being a pretty good idea. The first drive was awesome. And then you know, the first drive was fantastic and then the first defensive perform Excellent. possession was fantastic uh, with a tackle for a loss and then Nakeem Hicks with the sack. And you know, it was it was 10-10 when uh, Tom left the game. And Chris Godwin and some others. And it was 17, 10 moments later after the Devin White fumble recovery and the Blaine Gabbert touchdown pass. So it was 17, 10 at halftime. Yeah. And the Buccaneers had a 184 to 78 yardage edge. And And then, then. and then, (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. You you always talk about next man up. 
and you have reserves for a reason. And, and as coach has been saying throughout the year, we have them here for a reason. If they're here, we think they can play mm-hmm. and they have had time to work and be ready. That's fine when say, you know, Carlton Davis goes out and maybe Sean's not available yeah. and you have to play Zion McCollum or Anthony Chesley. Yeah. If it's one guy here yeah, or right. one guy there, you're, but when you you're replace, plugging, yeah, you're plugging guys in rather than Antoine Winfield was the only starter that sta- that played in the second half. And he had to, and he had to <laughs> uh, because as coach said, they ran out of bodies in the secondary. And then I don't think there's an offensive starter who played in the second half. Mm-mm. The offensive line certainly maybe Shaq I, Mason for a while. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Coach made a comment that he thought that they would play better than they did. Yeah, he thought which they're... which, which I kind of I kind of gravitated towards that because I like the fact that like, hey, we're expecting. Yeah, he a didn't. Lot. He didn't get what he expected. Well, yeah, though. yeah, and and he should, of course, coaches and players should expect sure. to play well. Yeah, you would hope, right? But me as a dispassionate observer, I do not find it surprising that when you replace all of your starters and the other team does not. Yeah, that things will take a turn. Right, and in the second half, we just nothing couldn't do anything no. offense or defense, and yeah. and uh, and it's, you know, I mean, look 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 at the numbers I just said. It was, yeah, it one, was very lopsided in the second. One eighty four to seventy eight in the sec in the in first, first half. half. Mm-hmm. That was the yards, 11, t- 11 first downs to five, and then by the end of the game, they had a three eighty two to two twenty two edge, and twenty two touchdowns to our twelve. So right. we got one first down in the second half. Yeah. Not good. It just wasn't happening. Mm-mm. Which meant the one maybe slightly disappointing part about that is it didn't really show you anything about Kyle Trask. No. There was nothing to be proven there. No. You you have to put Kyle with a good offense to see if he can run it. Correct. Right. I mean it didn't it didn't matter. He could have been great or he could have been I, yeah, ineffective well, and it wouldn't have taught me anything. But it I guess the question mark would be they can learn a lot on the film because was he making the correct reads, whether he executed them or yeah, not was yeah. he was and he supposed to do good, yeah. yeah was he supposed to do what he was supposed to do but like here's an example it was third down on one of his drives and he tri- oh Uh-oh. i have an alarm going off jeff which means i wanted to make sure i didn't forget because it's almost four uh-huh. and we're putting out some roster moves oh okay so I'll, I'll get to that in a minute okay the roster moves or to what you were just about to the say. roster moves. Oh, okay it's not that critical that we yeah. talk stop what we're doing and talk about it. Because, as you know, sometimes we go off on a tangent and can't get back to where we started. Right. So we were talking about – oh, yeah, Action. so there's a third down. down. He tries to throw a, a fairly deep out, and the deep out is a deceptively hard throw for anyone, for NFL quarterbacks. Because sure. it, you, it might end up being a six-yard game, but you throw the ball a long way, and it often has to be in a pretty tight window before they go out of bounds. Mm-hmm. He threw one of those – and it was relatively on target, but it's hard to tell if it had been Mike Evans, who's six foot five and has this incredible reach. Yeah, has a shot at it. Has a shot at it. He was throwing to Devin Tompkins, who's like, what, five foot seven? Something like that. And obviously, he's a man, that guy can jump through the moon. Right. He's a fantastic young plays player. Plays big. But he doesn't have the same reach. Right. So he just simply isn't capable of some of the plays that Mike Evans would be able to make. And that's who. Uh, and, that's who Kyle was thrown to. So, you know, we don't have to beat a dead horse here. No. It's fairly obvious that that didn't tell us much about Kyle. No. And the other good news was the game was played very fast. It was under three you hours. You like that? And then a one-hour flight home. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think the bus ride and waiting at the airport and waiting to take off took longer than the it actual flight. Did. So, 100%. But no complaints there. Did you watch a movie this time? I didn't watch anything because it was only an hour flight, and I don't, I can't watch a movie and then stop it and stop. But so I'll say this: anything. on the way up, I think you do too. I can only get there like an hour before uh-huh. takeoff. 
and then I just start a movie there. Uh, so I got to watch an entire movie. This time, I'm, I'm on some of these like early 2000 classics yep. lately. Like What'd I, you watch? Courage Under Fire. Oh. With um, Devin, D- Denzel Washington. Yeah. Uh, a very, very skinny Matt Damon. Like and you Weirdly and, skinny. Yeah, have you seen it before? Yeah, but it'd been a long, long time, time. And I remember so. I really liked it. And Meg Ryan. Did you like it and as much? Now? It was, it really yeah. held up. I would good. I would recommend it. Lou Diamond Phillips was a really good bad guy. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of lot of recognizable actors in that one, and I remember liking it, but I didn't remember, remember all the details. So it was it was a good watch anyway. And yeah. I, I did finish it before landing. Yeah, I was I was getting caught up with Dave on the, yeah. the week of right. one buckdom, what's going on, anything that he right. needed to know. So a lot of times that's how I spend that hour just conversing with him. Yeah, I know. I noticed you guys uh, do talk a lot. Yeah, on the flights. Is that a complaint? No, no. Oh. It, it's an observation. <laughs> it's an observation. <laughs> it's an ob- you guys are capable of talking pretty much nonstop through like a two or three hour flight. Yeah. Well, which we, I don't think I can do with anybody. Well, it, it's, it, it's, it's a skill, I guess. It's a, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's almost four. Let me, you talk about something for a second as I cue uh, up these roster you, moves. Well, can you tell us the roster moves yeah, since I, this isn't really going out until yeah, I 100% um, can. tomorrow? So. It's kind of like breaking news, but it's already out In there. In fact, it just got sent out at 4 yep. o'clock, so I'm going to... So you always have this lock and loaded. It's just a little hard for me to, to talk about something while I'm No, no, I, 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 I'm asking an inside thing here. You, just, so just give you, me a sec. You, you have the story normally written, everything's already done. Yeah, it's all done. Then you have done. to go in and and um, hit the uh, the magic buttons. So to I, make I'll tell go. you, I'll, I'll just transcribe what I'm... Uh-huh. I'll read you what I'm writing. Okay. Bucks have placed cornerback Anthony Chesley on injured reserve. He got a hamstring injury late in that game. Right. Uh, have uh, promoted inside linebacker Ulysses, which you got to be careful because it's spelled a little strange, Gilbert to the active roster and signed cornerback, rookie cornerback, Duran Lowe to the practice squad. Mm, he's from the Rams. He, how'd you know that? I'm smart. He he didn't. He he signed with the Rams uh-huh. as an undrafted free agent in May, and then he was cut on the final cuts, and he hasn't been with anybody since then. Interesting. Uh, we tried him out a couple months ago, I think, or a month or two. Hmm. So we are getting ready for the future, or for the future playoffs, and may need a body. No, I mean Anthony Chesley was on the active roster yeah. and played a lot of special teams. Okay. So when he goes down, you got a spot. You're going to bring up somebody from the practice squad right. that you think can be. Productive and and he is actually he's he was very he only played like three games and and had four special team tackles, tackles Ulysses yeah. Gilbert so mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that could also be was, an indication that Carlton Davis is feeling better yeah and Jamel Dean I got the impression that uh, Carlton Davis was feeling better from his radio show um, last night it's on Buccaneers.com. Oh, okay the pod, yeah, it's in a podcast form now you can hear that how do he do he did really well he's very funny he's, he, he's very smooth I like his interviews yeah I, I always in, enjoy them in the locker room he's he was um, thought provoking very smooth um, talking about how he could be a late night uh, um, love doctor giving advice. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it was pretty funny. That sounds like an interesting Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, discussion. Uh-huh. So if you lose one of your corners, which I think maybe we have five, mm-hmm. six, five or six on the active roster, and you don't replace them with another corner, like we've got Don Gardner, who's been on the practice squad the whole year, right? but a linebacker instead, I, that tells me probably that you're feeling good about your corner, your starting corners and your, you know, your three and four going right. into this playoff game. Right. <clears throat> Against the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah. That's the other thing we found out. We already knew from week 16 that we were the four seed. 
We did. In the division title, we were waiting to see if it was going to be against Philly or Dallas. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia just had to win, and, and they, they did. did because Jalen Hurts came back. The final score was actually kind of close. close. It was. But it didn't seem like they were in trouble most of the way. I wonder if Jalen Hurts hadn't been able to play because they lost their previous two without him. Right, and he did talk that afterwards that they were very happy that they got the buy. They're getting the buy because right. his shoulder was really bothering him during the game and after it was the game. Bothering him, huh? Yeah, and so they're hoping that having two weeks before he plays is going to be wow. Okay, I, I'm surprised they were forthcoming. With well, it's just kind of like you know. Sore. It's it's similar mm-hmm. to the Bucks in 2002. Sure. When Brad Johnson suffered a back that, injury in yep. December. In Detroit. And then we were playing Rob Johnson. I think, and, I think Sean King started the yeah, next Yeah, Rob game. Johnson, Sean King, Monday night against the Steelers. I don't remember it. That's when Flowers said that we were paper champions. It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Sean King got yanked, I think, he after did. throwing a couple picks. Yeah. And then Rob Johnson started the final game in Chicago, mm-hmm. which was actually in Champaign, yeah. Illinois. And Martin Gramatica came through with uh, five, field five field goals, 15 to nothing. All in one direction because yeah. the wind was howling in one direction. Oh, that's cold. I'm and, still chilled to the bone. And we got another one. favorable outcome come earlier so we, we didn't know when the day started that we could get the number two seed which back then still carried a buy yeah uh with a win over the bears but by the time that game started we knew it had it, i think the games forecut games finished just really close to right before we kicked mm-hmm. off and so by then we knew and i don't remember what game it was that gave us that who lost on I that weekend but it gave us the opportunity and that was big because from what I was hearing around the building, I'm not 100% sure that Brad Johnson was going to be able to play in round one Yeah, if we hadn't gotten a bye. Right, and and uh, John Gruden actually did Did tell I say him. Brad Johnson there because I meant to? <clears throat> you did say Brad okay, Johnson. because I could have said Rob Johnson. Uh, John Gruden even said to me that he felt like if we didn't get – he called him the bowl. If we didn't yeah. get him back, things were not going to go well. So, wow. That definitely needed him. So, Philly's in that same exact situation now. Yeah. Or not yeah. exact, but similar. Yeah. And, yeah, they, they won the bye – and now they got time to rest them up, which and I mean, I, that's and, why you win a bye. Yeah, and I have to say the Commanders uh, really were out of the playoffs, but they played hard and beat the Dallas beat Cowboys. Beat the Cowboys. Yeah. There was a number of teams that did that. Mm. You know, the Detroit Bucks, did. The Detroit, that, that was great. That I've was, got several notes about that. That was game. a great game, by the way. It was I, a great game. It was, it was great to get home and be able to just turn the TV on and watch the game. And I watched the entire game, which was awesome. I did, too. Um, well, it kind of went down to the wire. It did. Um, yeah, so I've got a I got a couple notes about that game. Mm-hmm. For one thing, I saw a very cool coaching decision late in that game. And that was the fourth and one going for it. No, nope. no. Nope. Okay. It was it was late in the game, and I could probably even look up the exact situation here. Um, D- Detroit had the ball, and we're trying to run out the clock, which you know means getting enough first downs yep. so you kill all their timeouts. Yep. And uh, force them to take their timeouts. Yeah. And so that's what they were doing. And they got, let me see, I'll get you the exact situation here. All right. They got a, they were first and 10 at Green Bay's 34, and they got a nine yard run by Jamal Williams. So now, and then Green Bay used its first timeout. Uh-huh. So now it is second and one at the Green Bay 25. And I don't think on purpose, but Green Bay's Devontae Wyatt jumps offside. And I swear to God, this is true. I was thinking at the time, that probably works in Green Bay's favor. Because if you run the second down play and maybe even the third down play, that those two plays will kill your two last timeouts. Right. And then you get a, Detroit gets a first down on either of them, they can kneel it out. Right. If they 
make it first and 10, and plus the clock has stopped at this point, you make it first and 10, then they can they, – they got their opportunity to use their uh, third downs or their timeouts on first and second down. And if they can get a stop on third, they get some time left. Yeah. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers could make something happen in sure. 20 seconds. Right. So I, I remember thinking that. And then sure enough, Dan Campbell declined. Dan Campbell has made a name for himself yeah. this year. He's a gamer. And, he, he, but, he, I mean, it's you think of him as the guy that was talking about biting kneecaps at yeah. the press conference. And his <laughs> players love him because he's intense and he cares. He does. But he's also showing some really nice game decisions. He does. Like that one. And yeah. he declined the penalty. And I'm like, I don't think I've seen that before. And that is very cool. Yeah. Very cool. He is um, He is not coaching the way most people would coach. He's he, he's definitely a player's coach. There's no question on that. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm excited for them. You know that that franchise has struggled a great deal, and no matter what they've tried to do, it hasn't worked. And um, I like their attitude in that game. And there were a couple games like that over the weekend where you're out of it, and everybody goes, "Well, they're out of it. They're not going to play very hard." And I liked I liked the Detroit Lions' attitude: is if we're not going, you're not going either. So. <laughs> they they played it and and that's a huge win because that was a divisional win for them plus it gave them a winning record for the first time in a very long time and there's nothing better than winning in green bay absolutely so they and dan dan campbell didn't shy away from that either i believe he was giving a pregame interview he was and they asked him about it and he didn't say something like well we yep. you know we, he said we don't want them to get in <laughs> yeah and pointed to the yeah. backers he didn't well, mess around yeah i they were, they're trying to play it as as you know, you're going to get that nice answer. Well, you know, it's no, he just like, yeah, they're not going. That's, but you got to love that. That's, yeah, I think a lot of coaches would have said, we're out, so it doesn't really matter who's in. This isn't personal, but we still want to play to win and not mention, no, we no, want those, those guys, guys out. Yeah. <laughs> and they did. So here's my second note from that end of that Lions game. Right. It was so freaking cool. So they declined the penalty, mm-hmm. they get a a one-yard run, which yep. is perfect from Jamal Williams. So now it's first down. Green Bay has to use their second timeout. They get another three-yard run. Green Bay uses his third timeout, and they snap at 217, and they get a short pass. But the problem is the Lions commit holding, which yeah. is really bad at that moment. because Very bad. Not only did it put you in second and 17. Stop the clock. And it stopped the clock. And you're in the mode where you just want to run on every down, and now it's second and 17, and they're still – Two seventeen left in the game. Tons of time. Tons of time, right? Yep. If they don't get it here, then they kick a field goal, and they're up by seven. Yeah. And still, Green Bay probably has like a minute to work with because they're out of timeouts at this right. point. And that's a lot of time, though. Still. But so what do they do? You said you watched the game. Do you remember the play? Mm, they ran it. No. They threw it. He threw like a – Hold sh- on a second. Go ahead. He threw a quick pass out to the right to uh, Amon Ross St. Brown who, like a pass you did see us throw to Chris yeah. Godwin, right? Right. Who was facing backwards, like facing towards the quarterback. Uh-huh. And he immediately pitched the ball to uh, DeAndre Swift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was almost like a hot potato. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he barely even caught it. He just kind of right. let it hit his hands and, and pitched pushed it. it off. Yeah. That's a... Gutsy. That's a risky play. Yeah. But it was beautiful, and it worked to perfection. Well, it, it's great because it worked, but had he... Did that and fumbled the ball and well would that have been a would they counted that as a catch? That's because possible. he really didn't hold if he it. didn't hold it long enough and, and he didn't make ground, a football move. But uh, you would have been watching replays for about a million. Yeah, years but he after that but one. he didn't make a. No, I hear you. You know, but that would be a discussion. That's that's that play 
where you just go, that was an awesome play. But if it doesn't work, then it's like, but what also, a bonehead. what what do they got to what do they got to lose? Well, there you go. They they were playing to win. Yeah. So I appreciate that. So the, yeah. they actually did. They then <laughs> I did. then now that you mentioned that, <laughs> then what you said they that got them into third and three, uh-huh. and then they were stopped on the second run to make it fourth and one, and then Detroit used yeah, its right. timeout to think it over. And then and they, they went said, for it. Yeah, we're going for Instead it. Instead of kicking a field goal, which would have left them, would have left the Packers with about a, a minute to try to tie it, which is plenty of time. Yeah, what they basically, well, what they're basically were saying, if we're going to win it, we're going to win it. We're just right going to win it now and yeah. not let Aaron get the ball back right. in his hands. And they right. completed a nine-yard because a what nine would be the, what's the worst case scenario? They don't get it. That now they Rogers still got, touch. You still got to keep it Green Bay from scoring a touchdown, right? Because right. it's 20 to 16. So that's, that's, how, I was, that's how I view it. That was correct. I agree with you. That's what I was thinking at the time. Either way, whether you kick a field goal or fail on fourth down, you just have to stop Green Bay from getting a touchdown. And I'm sure with that timeout, it's like, how bad do you guys want this? You make this one play, you beat them. So, and that's they awesome. did. That, that was, was awesome. very, very good. All right. That's our little tangent into the Detroit That game, was a good game. Which was a heck of a lot more interesting than ours. Yeah. Um, I also thought the uh, Jacksonville uh, Titans game. Was was fun. To I didn't watch get to see that though. at the very end. Uh, strip uh, a sack. Oh yeah, I did fumble, see that. Scoop up, game right. over. Because Jacksonville was losing, obviously they were. And I just kept expecting. I did see that maybe the second half of that game. Uh-huh. I just kept expecting at some point because Trevor Lawrence has looked great recently. Yeah, he did. I'm like, okay, they're going to score at some point, and they just mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. They just kept getting stopped. So the defense made the play. Yeah. And how about that? Uh, we brag a little bit. All three Florida teams are in the playoffs for the first time in a very, very long time. I remember time. at the beginning, like two weeks into the season, we were talking about that. Yeah. I, I know Miami started out well. I think they Jacksonville did. did too. And we were like, oh, maybe Florida's going to take over the NFL. And then all three of those teams went through tough times, yeah. including us. But all the teams won the games they needed to win they won into to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Which Well, Miami needed help too. Yeah, which um, a lot of people are grousing because – the Buccaneers don't have a winning record, but they won the NFC South. And uh, I was flipping around watching the different talking heads, and I did like a number of things that were being said was, don't complain. If you want to win your division, win your division. That's the rules. That's you the had, rules. You had, your oppor- you had 17 games to do something about it. You didn't. You didn't win your games. That's that. The um, So I kind of – The person arguing with you to play devil's advocate uh-huh. on a, a position I don't agree with would say – well, Detroit did enough to win nine games, and they're not in the playoffs. Right. But they needed 10 or 11 games to make the playoffs. But And, and that person would say, yeah, and the Bucks only needed eight, which doesn't seem fair to me. Well, then you should eliminate divisions no. and just stack it up right. like they used to do baseball. baseball. American League, National League. Yeah, is that League, what people really and, want? Yeah, and then you just, whoever's yep. the 14 best teams, well, make it. If you want to do it that way, then there's no rivalry. There's no right. Yeah, uh, divisions are great for the rivalries. Yep. Uh, I don't divisions clearly aren't going away. And so when you play in a sport, which most of them are, sure. that have divisions, yeah. that's just a fact. If you win your division, you're in the playoffs. Period. Point blank. It'll right. always be that way. Every five or six years, some team's going to get in with an eight and nine or a nine and eight record, and everybody's going to be not mm-hmm. everybody, but a bunch of people will be up in arms, and then you know it fades away because it only happens every now and then. Yeah. It just it just is what it is. Deal with it. And oh, by the way, I swear I would that, be saying this if it was the Saints that won it at eight and nine, or the Panthers. Yeah, I would feel the exact same way. It's not because it helped the Bucks, right? Yeah, I I think 
if you win your division, no matter what the record that's is. The that's the rules. Your, and, but, oh, by the way, uh, let's see, what, were we 4-2 and two in the division? 4-2 and two in the division. So you beat Including your division. Including the Atlanta game where we really, I'm not saying we weren't trying to win. Yeah, yeah. But we didn't put ourselves in the best position. Right, right. but I'm just going to say that's the record, 4-2. and two, So you you had the best divisional record. Yeah. I Yeah, I believe so. I think so. Um. um Oh, you got some? No, go ahead. Well, I mean, I know it was a boring game, but there were a few things, and we were talking about how there's a fast start, and the, the outcome was pretty promising uh, when the starters were in there. And part of that was the, the offense went 5 of 8 on third downs in the first half. Hey, is that Tony Dungy? Yeah, he's coming here. Oh. He, he I just looked out of Scott Scott's window, and I'm looking, and I go, that looks like Tony Dungy. He, he's coming here to talk to Ira and Ronde. Oh, nice. Ira and Ronde. Um, about... Getting into the Hall of the Fame, Hall of Fame Ira Kaufman, who has the uh, voting, he's a voting member of the Hall of yeah, Fame. I think his shirt said selector. Oh, a selector. And, and uh, he he's has brushing vote. up and getting pointers from Scott Smith earlier and getting things, well, making it, sure everything's correct. And he, he, he's the one who will be presenting for Ronda uh-huh. in the room. Nice. So. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like, hey, look, a shiny penny. <laughs> <laughs> um. Five of eight on third downs in the first half, including four straight where you only needed one to yep. three yards. But that's because everything was kind of working. It was. When you get a lot of really short third downs, that's because first and second down are working well. No no necessarily and, explosive plays. And that was the other thing that Coach uh, Todd Bulls had, was talking about is that he wanted to look at some things to see, you know, what they could improve on or, or at least work on. Uh, and that first drive, as you just said, and I think Tom completed how many in a row? I don't know, but he completed like thirteen six. of seventeen. Yeah, he he was, was awfully really good. Yeah, yeah. But he also only had eighty four yards on those thirteen passes mm-hmm. because, and I know what you just said about Todd Bowles wanted to see some things, but in contrast, I would say, I think the Buccaneers also didn't want to put a lot on tape. Yeah, yeah. It's like a preseason game. Yeah, you're not dipping into your playbook because no. teams, when they're scouting you, generally watch the last three games. Yep. And, and so, and they send scouts to your for the last three yeah, games. Yeah, you're not you're not putting your trick play in on this. this you're way. running a very basic offense, mm-hmm. and that's why all the passes were short. Yeah, uh, 4.0 yards per attempt. That's our lowest of the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first game first game all year where we didn't complete a single pass of 20 or more yards. Wow, the longest was 17. So it 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 was what it was. Yep, right. That's what we were watching. And what was the surprise touchdown catch? Kyle Rudolph? Yes. That was a surprise. I mean, he was in the game. I well, I understand, but that was his that was his first touchdown catch as a Buccaneer. And it made him the 98th different person to catch a touchdown pass from Tom Brady. Yep. Including the postseason. And he and that was his Kyle Rudolph's 50th I touchdown. I didn't know that part. So how's that? That's good. Okay. There you go. I one more, at least one more. I don't know if I got others, but one other note from that game. You know how Cord- Cordero-, Cordero Patterson uh-huh. um, earlier this year broke the record for most kick return touchdowns? Yeah. And at that point, he's like, it was like they weren't going to use him in that anymore. Mm-hmm. They were, st- they never were using him on every kickoff. Right. Well, at one point in this game, they put Patterson in there to return a kickoff. And uh, we were like, nah, nope, not kicking to him. <laughs> because you can't, you could say, well, just have yeah. Jake Camardo who gets no. a lot of touchbacks. Kick it deep, but Patterson will bring it out from eight yards deep. He has no conscience about that kind of thing. No. So what he did, he was Patterson was kind of anticipating that the ball would be more to the to his right, and so he was shaded in that direction. And they had Avery Williams, a running back, who can return 
way far over the left just in case the Bucks kicked it. And then Camarda just basically kicked it right to Williams. Yep. So by going that far diagonally, he risked maybe kicking it out of bounds or probably not getting it to the end zone, but it was better than kicking it to Patterson. So they just like, nah, we're not kicking to that guy. <laughs> and it worked because we caught Avery like around the 19-yard line or something. So crazy, good, crazy. good strategy right there. Yeah. We were ready. We were ready. We were like, if well, we see Patterson, we know exactly what we're going to do. Yep. Yep. So that was that was solid. What else you got on, out of this game? I'm trying to think. Of uh, I didn't like Atlanta's 91-yard touchdown drive in the first half. I would no, say that was the biggest that, blemish. Very much so. That there, should not have happened. There were a lot of gash plays, like consecutive, like 17 and 16-yard runs. Yeah. And this was against the starting defense. And they're a good running. They're a good running team. They have a couple running. They have a couple really good running. Yeah, backs. they've done a good job yeah. with with uh, Tyler Algier. The rookie's done a good job. Mm-hmm. I was writing, in fact. Uh, the game story afterwards and just briefly mentioning what um, Atlanta did on offense. And I'm like, rookie quarterback Desmond Ritter and said his numbers. And then I was going to write about Drake London because he caught six for 120. I'm like, oh, he's a rookie too. And then Tyler Algier, who Uh ran for 135, he's a rookie Rookie too. too. So I kind of had to rework the paragraph to point out, look at all the rookies. I was going to just. That's future bright kind of situation. Right. Right. They they certainly have some key players getting in place, which is, uh, you know, Atlanta's been struggling the last few years. Well, after they went to the Super Bowl, they had they just haven't been right since then. And, yeah, and Matt, you know, Matt Ryan declined a little bit. Um, <clears throat> you know, they had – they got rid of Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Calvin Ridley got suspended. Gage left. Kyle Pitts got yep. hurt. Gage came here. Uh, their Ryan offensive gone. line yeah. their offensive line is a little better in better shape now. They made a bunch of moves there. Mm-hmm. But that's been a little bit shaky and it's been like a good five years since they could generate a pass rush. Yeah. I think they're last or second to last again this year, even after using a pretty high pick on Ebiketti, I think, Arnold Ebiketti. Mm-hmm. Um so they're they they are consistently having trouble generating a pass rush. But I think there's signs of life there, and I think Arthur Smith is a good head coach. These yeah. are not good things. I don't no. want this to be true. No, but you do have to, you know, look at the division because it's going to change. Anyway, at the end of that 91-yard drive, Ritter started to scramble to his right, and it's one of those plays where he's rolling, mm. and the defender has to make a decision because he could run it in. Right. So you got to come get him, maybe. But if you do, you're leaving your guy, and that's what that's what Sean Murphy Bunting, in my opinion, had a really nice game. He did. He he. I think he was. When they went at him, they didn't have much success. We had a lot of backups, and he's not really a backup. Right. We had a lot of other backups out there, and they were getting twisted and turned around. Yeah, but Sean was good. He but was on very this good. play, I think it was tight end Michael Pruitt. He he was around Pruitt, but he finally decided I got to go get the quarterback. And as soon as he left, then the quarterback threw it to Pruitt. I mean, yeah. he was in a no win situation <laughs> there. You got to do one or the other. Right. What's that? Was that uh, Ridley's? First two touchdowns as a rookie quarterback. His name's Ritter. Riddler, rather. Ritter. He's not the Riddler. Ritter. He's not a, a Joker villain. Not yet. Um, I'm not sure if I. Th- I thought I saw something that they were his first two. They are. No. He had. It was his fourth start, and very weirdly, in his first three, he didn't throw a single touchdown or interception. So I'm sure Atlanta's writing lots of notes about how their rookie did not throw a single interception in his first four games, which well, they is kind of cool. Yeah, they got a very long off season. The other thing that wasn't great was Chris Goblin fumbling for the second week in a row. It was his only two fumbles of the year. That was a good poke, though. I know. It's kind of it's not really saying anything bad about Goblin, no. but fumbling for two weeks in a row is probably something that would bother him a little bit. Oh, I'm sure it does. Despite all that and only playing like 26 snaps, he left before. He left the same time Brady did. He had six catches. Yeah. So he got to 104, and I really wanted him to stay in the game so he could beat Keyshawn's record. 
Yeah. He ended up too shy. Right. But he did get 1,000 yards. So He got over 1,000. He can break Keyshawn's record for most combi- most most receptions for the Bucks. That is combined between regular season and postseason. Yeah. Because right. in the year that Keyshawn had two thousand in two thousand one, when he had one hundred and six, he got three more in the postseason for one hundred nine. And so Chris needs six to beat that. Yeah, and you have to, you know, pretty amazing considering the injury he had last year and all the rehabbing he did. And he missed time early in the and season. missed time early in the season, and to have the kind of year he had, yeah. I, I I think it's pretty successful. Yep. And, but it's like you said, two games in a row, fumbling, can't have it. Got to end it now. I'm sure he feels exactly that oh, way. Yeah. We're not saying something no. to him. I'm sure no. he's saying that to himself. Like he's going to go, oh, geez, Scott, Jeff, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I, I hadn't did, realized. I didn't give it any thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you see the play where Coke Keefe's helmet came off no. on a punt? Uh-uh. Yeah, of course he just kept going. Yeah. Well, he's a <laughs> <laughs> It was funny because Jake Camarda had punted. He's an old school guy. Yeah, he, Jake Camarda had punted, and so he's – when the play's over, he's kind of all by himself because he stayed back there and everybody else came down to yep. the end. And so you're like, is he going to pick up a helmet? <laughs> it's like he's picking up somebody's helmet and he still had his own helmet on. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting looking all over the field. Who doesn't have a helmet on? <laughs> Eventually found Co Keeft, yeah. who, of course, some, I didn't see how his helmet came off. But he, he's like, nah, I'm still going down there to cover this. Yeah. I just don't have a helmet on. Well, the good thing is head was out of the helmet. It wasn't, it was a, that's a John Madden. That the head thing. wasn't yeah. in the helmet that yes. came off? Yeah, <laughs> I think I remember that. You got to love it. But I'm glad that game's over with, period. And, and I was I was the only one. I didn't tell anybody this, but I was oh. keeping an eye on the tackling uh-huh. because usually you have one guy that's well ahead, you know, like maybe Derek Brooks in 2002 had 170 tackles and the next guy had 110 or something going into this game Devin White had a, just a two tackle lead over Levante David really and that's the kind of thing that I think some players actually they have a little friendly competition uh-huh. I'd they have pay to attention ask, to I'd have to ask Levante if they did and uh, so it was it was a two I think let me check to be sure yeah Devin was leading by two and they came out of the game at halftime you know yeah and so Devin White had three. No, Devin White had two tackles. And Levante, Levante had. had three. So Devin won it by one. <laughs> Devin won the 2002 Buccaneers I, tackle yeah, title. I bet you they're going through the tape looking back and saying, that, that tackle's <laughs> credited, credited to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to ask Levante that on Wednesday if he's in the locker room. That's a good one. I like that. that if he knows fun. that. I remember we had some, you know, because there were times when like Brooks and Quarles yeah. or or – I don't know, Barrett Rude and Corals, eh, maybe those two, but somebody, you know, there were times we had two two linebackers who were close. Well, the guys that used to make a ton of tackles was Hardy Nickerson. Hardy Nickerson and Derek Brooks, yeah, right, right, right. Take, I mean, geez, that was crazy. That being said, that was in the era where we counted tackles by using coaches, yeah. what the coaches came up with. Yeah, where, where, where you, yeah. You notice that I think Nickerson had 212 tackles in his first year with he us. He did. Nobody's come close. Well, Derek Barrett Root came fairly close one year, but we were still using coaching stats. Yeah. Since since everybody started just using the stats that come from Jesus, uh-huh. and you can find a Pro Football Reference or whatever. Um, but who decides those? The pe- the the people in the press box. Okay. The, the stat, stat crew. The stat crew. And and so the, see to me that's depending on where you're at. There are better. Okay, I got to say this correctly. Um, I have found that. Uh, not all stat crews are created equal. <laughs> How's that? I agree. 
and not just in terms of how good they are. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest with you, it's spotting, judgmental. Spotting who yeah. made the tackle and who maybe got an assist isn't necessarily easy. No, no. Um, in addition to them, there being some potential inequities between how good some are, uh, there are also some tendencies. Yeah. Some places give a lot more tackle assists, which are even more as, as uh, yeah. objective. Yeah. So oftentimes you'll hear that a player had nine tackles in the game, but it'll be six solo and three assists. Yeah. I think, don't, I, I'm not 100% sure I'm right about it. I think Carolina is one of the places where their guys tend to give a lot of assists. assists. So yeah. you'll see a lot of lines where it'll be like four tackles and six assists. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about a player's tackle total at the end of the season, you add them together. And, and you know, and the reason why I say this is during a game, you, you know, I have people that spot for our broadcast because we don't have time to wait for someone for to sure. tell us. So yes. we're we're doing it in real time. And... um and I've hired different stats people on the road and things. So that's why I say there's a difference in everybody. But um, a lot of times we'll look at it and, and go, yeah, I'm not so sure. But it, it, you got you got to have some kind of benchmark. So I guess that's just it, you know, yeah, just I deal mean, with it. it. It all probably comes out pretty even in the end. Yeah. But coaches would be, I think, more biased than just well, a regular stat. I mean, I think I've so. mentioned this before, but Atlanta was famous – for the changing that they would give on Mondays. <laughs> well, no, just the numbers they would come up with. Yeah. Who was that linebacker for Atlanta that always had a bajillion tackles? I have no idea. How long ago are you talking about? Nineties. Uh, hmm. Here, let me. I, I can find it. You're gonna find somebody from the nineties. That's almost thirty years ago. Well, yeah, but I'm looking at Atlanta's okay uh, PFR page for right. say Jesse Tuggle. Ah. Uh. Jesse well, he did get a lot. Of, he did make a lot of tackles. He though. he made, he, he, he made probably made the most tackles in the league, but it was probably really more like 150. Yeah. But he ended up with like 270 tackles. Yeah. I remember seeing a note one <laughs> one year where where somebody's added up the number of running plays and the number of pass plays where the guy didn't go out of bounds or in the end zone. So, in other words, opportunities for tackles. Yeah. And like Jesse Tuggle had more tackles than he could did, possibly have opportunities for. <laughs> <laughs> because they give a lot of assists. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you can have one play where right. the running back's tackled, but you could end up with one guy getting a tackle and two guys and, getting assists. And, and how do you call the assist? Is it when everybody hits the guy? That, you know, one guy gets there first, and then everybody comes in next, and then the guy goes down? Or is the guy down, and then someone hits right. it and goes, okay, that's an assist because right. he, he It got should there. be. Somebody, if I somebody else has already gotten there uh-huh. and is in the process of bringing him down, but it hasn't gotten him down, and then and, you add to it. And yeah. bring, that's when an assist should be. Okay. But there's obviously a gray area there, which is why nobody really puts a ton of stock into tackles, into the exactness of tackles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at the the leaderboard right now, and whoever is leading it probably is the top tackler. Uh-huh. But you don't know if it's really – it should be 150, right. should be 170. Uh, let's see who is the, – the leading tackler in the NFL is Foyasade Aluakan of wow. the Jaguars. Who you said that so well. I, I've had to practice that one before. Wow. Just like Afade Odinabo. Yeah. It's like you don't even think of it. Foyasade Oluakan. Uh, How many? 184. Okay. Uh, that's with the Jags. Nick Bolton. Who's Nick Bolton with? Rams? Chiefs. Chiefs, Chiefs. I think. 180. Wow. Zaire Franklin. I honestly don't know who that is. Zaire Franklin. What? So 166 many? times. Wow. 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 And there's then there's our two guys back to back. Oh, oh, I might Hold be on. off one. Why? Levante got a tackle They've during got our Levant- conference. <laughs> Levante got a tackle while no, we were I mean, talking. No, I mean, at the end of the year, I have to go back and look at my stats and see if I missed, messed up anything. And they've got both Levante and Devin at 124. 
Oh. So I'm going to have to review that. Oh, so we go back we to... We could have a tie. We go back to uh, what I said about stat people. <laughs> 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 Including those who put them into stat files like yeah. me. Levante would then move to the top because he... When I sort them, I sort them by total tackles. Uh-huh. And then the secondary sorting item is solo. And Levante had would have 81 to Devin White's... No, 80 to Devin White's 73. Ooh. Man, I'm going to have to fix this. Yeah. You got to okay. get you got to get it. You got to rework that. That's something I do at the end of every season. I go through my staff files and double check everything yep. and then get them right for historical records. Ah. I like it. Anyway, anywho. So in other words, Levante won this year. He would win the tiebreaker, yeah. Okay. If their stats are correct enough. All right. I hope their stats are correct. <laughs> Why you rooting for Levante? I am. Okay, I am. You're not, not rooting against. I'm not Dad, rooting right? against anyone, but I'm rooting for Levante. Um, okay. Here's another. As long as we're talking about stats, and the reason why I am is because Levante has played a long time and he's still playing top of his game. And so, and we love him. And we do. Uh, as long as we're talking about stats, stats, stats. Let uh-huh. me bring up a weird thing that happened in that game, and I'm, I'm going to which go, game? Our game? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the play where Desmond Ritter kind of cocked his arm to throw and then the ball just fell out of his hand? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Let me see if they've changed the ruling on that real quick before I say They have not. Would they have not? What are they calling it? And it looked like on on the replays that maybe, like, as he pulled it back, he brushed it off the back of his running back that was blocking for him. Uh But either way, it's a fumble. That play is officially ruled a sack. Because? I don't know why. That's just the rule. Because he was behind the line of scrimmage, and he dropped the ball. Why isn't it just and a then fumble? He, and then he get, ta- but he got tackled. No, no, they just picked up the fumble. There's no tackle credited on this play at all. I don't know why they would do that. It's just he fumbled the ball without anybody touching him, and Devin White got the ball. That's all that happened. And Devin doesn't get a sack. So could could that be a um, uh, an error in how they? Well, that's why I just called it up again because, well, I'll check again tomorrow. At some point during the week, if they have decided this was scored incorrectly, they will fix it. Sure. So I'll check again tomorrow, and maybe by next week, if we remember, we can talk about it. it. But right now, it's ruled a sack, but not for any player. And back in the day, when that used to happen, they used to say team. Uh So your list of sacks would be like, you know, Vita Vea is six and a half, Devin White is five and a half, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then the bottom would be team, 1.0. Right. Um, but they they have not done that in the stats this year. Hmm. So when you have the part of the stats where it says which players got them, mm-hmm. it only adds up to 44. But when you look at just the team stats, how many we have, and it says 45. So that must be a team stat. It, but they don't say that. It doesn't say team. They just on one column it adds up to 44, and another one adds up to 45, okay. which is a vagary in stat keeping that I don't like. Yeah, we're going to have to look into that. At least say the word team. But why should that be a sack? He just dropped the ball. I know it's a sack when you strip it from him. Uh-huh. Even if the quarterback doesn't go down, that's called a sack. But he just dropped the ball. I don't get it. I don't either. Wow. Get get with it, NFL. Well, we found two errors then. It we confused found, me. We found Levante David actually had well, more tackles. Well, that's Meyer. Oh, okay. And then, well. No, we no, st- he had the same number of tackles in this game, but I must have had it off by one before the game started. Oh, Because okay. when I added those on. Okay. All right. Um, I'm not a numbers guy, but this is fun. That Desmond Murray thing, when I was updating stats on Sunday night, that confused stuck, me for yeah. like 20 minutes. I'm like, why is why? it say 44 here and 44? I could not figure it out for a long time. 
And you still haven't. <laughs> no, I mean, I know what happened now. I don't know why. That was the first time all year that the Bucks didn't score in the second half. Yeah. That's another little note I have yes. for myself here. I'm yeah. trying to get through the notes about the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I guess maybe the very last thing. Oh, two more things. All right. Maybe, you know, what if that game helped talk Atlanta into going with Desmond Ritter as their unquestioned starter last year, next year? That might actually end up being a good thing for us. Because? What if he's bad? Oh. They don't. They <laughs> could sign a they guy. Don't, they don't know that he's bad. They could sign a guy. They could draft a guy, or they could go. Nope. This we're going to go with this guy because we I was look re- good. I was reading something that that I, I think I was reading it out of Atlanta that they were like he didn't show anything that would make you go, oh yeah, he's the guy. But but was because, that, was that re- a columnist opinion or was that something from the team? No, it was an opinion mainly because it. Uh, the starters were pulled from the box. I know. I get so that was kind of like, yes, it's good to look at. Again, it's back to did he make the right des- decisions? Is he making the right calls? Is he recognizing uh, defensive schemes? That type of thing. And he did because he threw two touchdowns. So he did He did that part. Now the question is, what's it like if if it's all starters? Well, he didn't. But I don't want to take anything. He had one good drive yeah. against our starters. But overall, the and that was, that was the ninety-one. Yeah. yeah, so you have to give credit to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the last thing from that game. Okay, so we're in the press conference afterwards. Uh, okay, and the press conference room, waiting for uh, who? Todd to come in. Okay, and every just behind the scenes, teams after games produce quote sheets to yeah. send out to help <clears throat> the media. Sure, the home team does it because the yeah. the away team's leaving. And so you have a little minor army of helpers mm-hmm. who go down to the press box, either go to the press conference rooms or go to the, into the locker room and get quotes and come back up and type it. Right. There was clearly one of these kids in our press conference room. He had an Atlanta Falcon shirt on. And he was an enormous D-bag. Really? He kept going. He kept talking slack about Tom Brady. He's looking at his phone going, oh, well, it looks like Tom Brady didn't shake Desmond Ritter's hands after the game. And, and we're all like, Ever, the rest yeah, of us are yeah, like yeah, shrugging yeah. because he didn't play in the second half. And this, half. this is just uh, media members we're, while we're waiting. There. Okay, and uh, unfo- yeah, and and some of us are looking at each other and like, okay, fine. And he's like, yo, that's just what Brady does. Whenever he loses a game, he won't shake a hand. He's a sore loser, and he just keeps going on and on. And we're like, I started making comments like, somebody's like, oh, would you actually say that to Tom Brady if he came in here? What did he say? I, no, he wouldn't answer any of that. Oh. I kept saying, I'm like, this guy's got opinions, and I'm saying yeah. it loud. Uh-huh. And then he just kept going on. And he just kept saying amazingly irritating things. Like, we were seeing the on our phones, the which we should talk about, the incredible ending to the Houston game, right? Uh-huh. And going for the two-point Somebody, he had been Smith. watching it. He had been watching it and knew it was fourth and 20. Uh-huh. And then somebody's like, oh, my God, Houston scored a touchdown. He's like, but it was fourth down. <laughs> And I'm like, well, that is allowed. <laughs> and then there was more conversation. He goes, but it was fourth and 20. I'm like, you're still allowed to score touchdowns on fourth down. He was, he was saying it like it wasn't possible. I'm like, it happened, oh, dude. Geez. Anyway, that was irritating. Yeah. Um, but That's that, funny. that Lovey Smith game. Yeah. It was, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. I think they were going to do it anyway, but they let him go after the game. I'm kind of hoping that he felt like they were going to let him go, and he was like, let me go. You ain't getting the first-round pick. I'm telling you what. And I'm going to try to win. He should. That's what a team should do. Yeah. Now, if they were saying that he should have gone for the two-point conversion, Yeah. but make it a play that's not going to be successful. Coaches so and players aren't like, going to do that. Well, I understand that. But 
the fact of the matter is, I'm glad that he did it. I think I'm every, sorry he got fired, but I'm glad that he. Did I think it. he should have been trying to go for it, and it's just a miracle they they converted two fourth down, long fourth downs on uh-huh. the drive, and then got the two point conversion. It was yeah. a miracle. Yeah. So you should have been trying to go for it, yeah. and and you know, if they're mad about that, then I'm glad that that it happened because you shouldn't be mad about that. No. No. And they're on their fourth head coach in four years. So <laughs> what does that be. tell you? Yeah, yeah. wow. Crazy. Two straight one and done. Well, yeah, that that is kind of sad that, you know, you get a job and, you know, you get one year and then you're out. It's – I understand it's you, – you you know, you're hoping for the fast turnarounds like they're having in Jacksonville right now. I mean, they 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 had – Urban Meyer didn't even make it through the whole year, right? <laughs> they, but but he had some other issues off-field that, that attributed sure. to, to, um, to things not going well there. Plus he kicked his kicker. Well, that I mean, yeah. There's there's a number of things, but um, you know, you look you look there and you go, wow, that's that's a great turnaround. But you also have to remember too, you had a a good core, and it wasn't just the right coach. Good yeah. core of players. It was definitely not the right yeah. coach. So just getting a competent coaching staff made a big difference. Yeah. Same thing, same thing with the Giants. Uh huh. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Remember that time. When we were on a road, we lost a trip on the road. We lost a game on the road, and uh, Tony Dungy didn't get back on the plane to fly back back with us because he just wanted to hang out at a, a local restaurant instead. Uh, no, I don't remember. Do you remember that. the time that uh, John Gruden did that? Mm, no, I don't remember. That. That's because nobody would do that. You would. Think. Urban Meyer would do that. Well, I He's the only I, I do remember a coach that didn't go on a trip on a on a on a, on a, coach? a preseason game. Yeah. Well, I don't remember this. What was this? I don't know if I should tell the story. Okay, okay. I will tell you this. Oh, this off is what air? I, this is what I'm going to do. I will tell you the story off air, and then if you we can think I we if you think a I head can tell, coach, yes. Okay, all right. Yes. I'm interested. It's in a story that you don't know. I'm shocked. I don't remember that. Oh wow. Okay. All right. So um, I get, basically got odds and ends from here on. Okay. Out. Uh, I saw. That Alex Kappa got hurt in that last game. Yes. And I don't know how severe it is, but I hope it's not because that's just unbelievable timing for him again. Again. Remember he got yes. hurt in the, pre- in the playoff R- opener? As soon as he gets right to – yeah, he's going to be able to play in all this stuff. And I guess yeah. he did get the two games last year. Right. But he missed most of the Super Bowl run mm-hmm. after getting hurt in the playoff opener. And he's been playing well for Cincinnati too, by the way. Yeah, and then he gets there – Right to the cusp of the uh, playoffs. He wasn't on Cincinnati last year when they made it to the Super Bowl, obviously. Mm-hmm. So now he's got a chance for another Super Bowl run, and he gets hurt. Right. I hope it's not bad. I haven't even I haven't looked it up since yesterday. Right. But your other odd end. Um, well, actually, this is more. This is actually kind of central. We we probably oh. should be talking a little bit okay. about Dallas, right? Uh, a <clears throat> lot about Dallas since they're coming here for a Monday night game. They are. 40 years since the last time we played them in the playoffs. 1982? Yeah. And we got shellacked. It was in Dallas. We actually got more shellacked in 1981. Was that, was that 38 to nothing or something no, like that? No, that was the 1981 oh, game. Oh, okay. So the Buccaneers made the Buccaneers won their division in 81. Uh-huh. But back then there was only one wild card so, and three divisions, so four teams. Yeah. And you didn't – you um, if you were the – if you weren't one of the first two division winners, you even had to go on the road – even though you won your division. division yeah. And that's what happened to the Bucks in 81, and oh my, yeah. it was not pretty. No, those two years, they uh, got it. 38 to nothing yeah. in Dallas. That, yeah. Was that 
81. That was 81. And then 82 is the short and strike season. Yeah. Okay. And so they, they put they put together what they called a Super Bowl tournament, mm -hmm. where in each conference the top eight teams made it. And the Buccaneers, even though they were four and five, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so the Buccaneers. Five and four. Oh. Some team made it at four and five. Maybe uh, Detroit. I was hoping you would say four and five, and I could say, oh, good. There's a stat. We've done it before. No, There's I think. Two. I'll look it up here in a second, but I think Detroit maybe was four and five that year. And uh -huh. the, the Bucks were the seven seed out of eight, uh -huh. and Dallas was two. And we went to Dallas again, and it, um, it went a little bit better. Hugh Green had a 60-yard um, fumble recovery so we were for a touchdown, so we were winning – Seven to six in the first half, and then Gordon Jones had a long touchdown catch, and we were winning seventeen sixteen at one point. But they came back and won. They got that, a pick six and won thirty to seventeen. Yeah, that um, that was when the Dallas Cowboys had a winning record up until eighty five. You know, straight um, winning records. They were a good team. Tom oh, the, Landry was their head coach. Seventies and eighties, they were well. Seventies part of the eighties. Yeah, they they and were really in the nineties. It was always they were uh, they'd get to the Super Bowl and lose. They were like the bridesmaids, but never the bride. They won a few. Yeah. Cleveland and Detroit it. both made the playoffs that year at four and five. Okay, in all right. So there you go. Um, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys did not play very well against the. the How commanders. much do you think they tried? I think they tried a lot because they actually um, was Philadelphia game wasn't over with. They were playing at the same time. They were playing at the same time, so they could get the number one seed if Philadelphia had but lost. Philadelphia, yes, but Philly was mostly controlling that game, and I just. I, maybe their motivation I, was sapped a little bit. That's just a surprisingly bad game for Dallas. Well, yeah. Well, Dak did not have a good game. He, he had one of his worst games yeah, ever. Yes. And I 100% do not expect them to perform like this in any way oh, no. next Monday. No, no. I mean, but I will say this. There's a lot of pressure building for the Dallas Cowboys to have a game like that. And then... I just wonder if they're just they were lacking motivation or something. I would to come out this could, flat. I mean, how could you lack motivation? I mean, come on. I, I okay. It's, well, what was the going, problem? They were going there because you you and I just said we expect them to play much better. I do on the road against us. I would argue. I mean, it's a fair argument. I would argue we're better than Washington. Yeah, but on you know Washington for whatever reason came and played. I mean they had a they had a they intercepted Dak. Well, Dak's, time. Dak's had uh, an interception in the last seven games. I know, which is crazy. Which is crazy. He led the league so, in interceptions. Yeah, um, he's still very good though. No question. But about his that. line but, in this game was fourteen of thirty-seven mm -hmm. for one hundred twenty-eight yards. One touchdown, one interception. I think their corners are injured. I think that Dallas's corners are injured. So well, that doesn't have anything to do with offense. No, but I'm just saying the reason why the commanders were able to put some points on the board. Tony Pollard only ran for 19 yards on seven carries. Ezekiel Elliott was held to 10 yards on eight carries. So how good's uh, the commanders running uh, run defense? I know that Dallas has a good rushing offense. Yeah, they do. They do. Which is kind of crazy because the Commanders didn't play well the week before. So that's what's that's that week to week. You just Dallas you know. is eighth in the league at 135.2 rushing yards per game, and this is even after, after this game. Yeah, right. Washington's defense rush defense is eleventh in the league. Well, so that's good. It's good. Yeah, good. But yeah. I mean, come on. Well. They had their on game. Their pass defense is. It was a road fourth. game. They I mean, okay, they, they have playing, a good defense. They were playing in Washington. I know, but that's that's really bad. Well, to only score three points, yes. 
They yes, it's not. They scored six, but oh, was it six? Yeah, I thought they were held to three. No, they got a touchdown and, and missed the extra point. It was wide left. Oh, by Brett Maher, who's had a fantastic season. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He didn't try any field goals. In oh, that that's game. right. We beat them nineteen to three. We beat them nineteen to three. Okay. Uh, and and I'd even argue that the game was a little more lopsided than that. We had a lot of trouble in the red zone, in and around the red zone, and, mm-hmm. and just kept kept kicking Ryan suck up field goals. Yeah. And finally got a touchdown in the third quarter by Mike Evans with the one-handed catch, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which we have giant pictures of in our building now. Well, I think uh, you know, I think it's going to be a great matchup, and that's why it is, and that's why it's on Monday night. Two yeah, reasons, because it's. I agree with you. It's the it's probably the with Dak and Tom Brady and the mm-hmm. star and it's the Cowboys. Yeah. And Bucks Cowboys has been a pretty good rivalry the last sure. couple of years. It's probably the most attractive game. Period. But also logistically, since the four-five game. Mm-hmm. Um, depending upon how things go on Saturday and Sunday, they could already know no matter who wins that game. If Philadelphia wins, well, Philadelphia's not playing. No, no. If San Francisco and Minnesota win, then they'll know the winner of the 4-5 game is going to Philly no matter what. Right. And so they can put out their schedule on Sunday night sure. saying this, this team's playing yeah, this team yeah. and this game will be either Dallas yeah. or Tampa Bay at Philadelphia. Or it could get really crazy and Seattle wins and the Giants win and the Buccaneers win, and then we have another home playoff game. <laughs> so We need both of them to lose. I thought it was interesting last night, Tom Brady, of course, he has his uh, Let's Go um, podcast. podcast. Which you do faithfully on, listen to. On Sirius Satellite Radio, also at 6 o'clock and then 6.30. Just like us, we're serious. Yeah. And so um, he said that he felt that the Buccaneers are going to be the healthiest that they've been all year. Oh, my. I thought that was pretty bold. And he. I also liked he said that sometimes uh, a game gets too big for players. Hmm. And on this team, there's no happen. game that they have a number of guys on this team that nothing is too big that, for them. That, those are good words. I thought so, too, because I kind of – I. I like to listen to what he has to say because I think he, he likes to telegraph his messages. I don't know if it's to the team or, you know, whatever. But yeah, how, I see what you're how, saying. How he, how he feels. He's putting it out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I also, like, people were talking about how quick his release is and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, and this is just my opinion, but my opinion is he's going to stay there a little bit longer to make the throw because it's playoffs. Like he did against Carolina, yeah. which was essentially a playoff game. Yeah. That you know, and he did he did hang on longer than the normal. His he ended the season uh, at an average of two point four five seconds from snap to release, which was the quickest of any player, of any quarterback that threw at least fifty passes uh-huh. this year, or one hundred fifty something. Yeah. Like that. <clears throat> crazy number of passes. He surpassed his own. He, uh, he broke it. Record. He broke the <laughs> records for attempts and completions. Yeah, the in, second of which was his own record set last year. The other, the other interesting thing that they were talking about, they had uh, Roger Starback and um, Steve Young on with Tom on his podcast. Did they really? Yes, it was really fascinating. Yeah. Um, but what was funny is Steve Young says to Brady, "You know, after I retired for six years, I felt like I still could play." But Steve I, Young said yeah, that? Yeah, but I didn't. And, Tom, you proved that you could be 45 and still play. 
And then Roger goes, I can still throw the ball further than any 80-year-old out there. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> which, is, which is absolutely great. And then Tom comes back and says, I can throw it further than any 45-year-old, which true. I think is true, too. But, yeah, that was pretty cool. I just checked. I, I wasn't sure if Roger Staubach was in the Hall of Fame. He is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was. He, oh, he was great. Oh, he was, you know, fascinating because – you know, he went into the service. He 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 committed to Navy, and he had to, you know, in the prime, he could not play football because he was doing his duty in the Navy. Yeah, which is you know, pretty yeah. admirable. See what I did there, Navy. Admirable, admirable. like admiral. Yeah, you like that? Neat. Neat. It's all always right. good when you have to explain a joke. All right. Well, I just wanted to make sure you didn't, you, if you were paying attention or not. You're looking really at wasn't. something. I know. What are you looking Stuff at? Stuff to help us. Oh, okay. Stuff. Well, that one was was Roger Staubach in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember. And yes, I, he I, is. I looked it up. And so Steve Young, by the way. I know that Do one. Do you know Steve Young played for the Buccaneers? <laughs> Can I tell you something about if Steve Young. Did you Young, just ask me if I knew that? Yes. Did you, did, did, I will tell you this, and I honestly believe this. If Steve Young would have stayed with the Buccaneers back then, he would have had a very short career. It Probably because not in the Hall of Fame. He was running like crazy. And remember the snow game? Yeah. In Green Bay? Mm-hmm. But Steve Young wasn't Steve Young back then either, so, you know. I'm I saying. mean, he was good enough in the USFL sure. oh, for yeah. him to be the first overall pick in the dispersal draft. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so there is that, right? And he is. And he Do is I all. know who Steve Young is? <laughs> Just checking. I can, click a, I can click like two clicks here and then read you a list of every single – Quarterback that's ever thrown a pass for the Buccaneers. I know. And that. I would know every name. Uh, would you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say I could name them all, but if I, there isn't if, a name If I there. threw out the throw-in Samoan, would you know who Jack that was? Jack Thompson. Very good. Who the Buccaneers, who was part of the whole series of, of, of in Buccaneers history that was so disastrous because they didn't give Doug Williams a the new money. contract. They right. should have. $600,000 it was. <laughs> Hugh Colvers <laughs> should have given Doug Williams the money he wanted. He didn't. Doug Williams took his services to the USFL. Mm-hmm. The Bucks were without a quarterback in 1983, so they trade a first-round pick for Jack Thompson, mm-hmm. otherwise known as the Throwing Throwin Samoan. Samoan. Yep. So they don't have, as it turns out, a first-round pick in the 1983 draft. And now, do you recall who was in the who was in the first round of the 1983 draft? Gosh, I don't know. Why not? Why, you want me to think? It's some I'm great. Just, I'm just going to make sure I get all of them. Uh-huh. It is famous for the five quarterbacks that were drafted in 19. Kelly? Yeah, that was one of them. Uh, in that time? So it's 1983. The Bucks have already traded their first round pick. Yeah. And um, it would have been. Let me see here. Who do you got? Hmm. These these dead air say something. No, they're fine. I can I'll tighten it up if you, if need be. If you're googling like crazy, I'm trying to think of the five in 1983. Well, one of them is huge. Yeah, is huge, bigger than Kelly. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, wasn't Joe Montana because he was in like 80, 81 or 80. Um, then. Um, you want me to just tell you Phil Sims. I would say I would argue there are two names that are bigger than Jim Kelly. On really? This list. Okay. You ready? Yeah. First overall pick was John Elway. Okay, and yeah, and he was he got picked by the Colts and wouldn't go, and right. then got traded to Denver. Correct. Okay. 
Uh, the Chiefs took Todd Blackledge, quarterback, ah. at seventh overall. Who's a great broadcaster now. Continue. Uh, I mean, he didn't end up being great, but he was no. a serviceable quarterback. Uh-huh. The uh, Bills took Jim Kelly at 14. Okay, I got that one. Uh, the Patriots took Tony Eason, who was okay, yeah. at 15. And then the Bucks would have been picking at 18, but they traded it, and the Bears took Willie Galt. Yeah. And then... And then at pick number twenty-seven, uh-huh. who would have been there? Obviously, at pick number eighteen, the Dolphins take. Oh, Dan Marino. Marino. Yeah. So the Buccaneers do not get Dan Marino. Oh. I mean, he, they could have just not yeah. traded that pick and taken Dan Marino. Well, maybe he wasn't on their radar. <laughs> who know? Well, yeah. I mean, I think there were some off-field issues that had people worried, but yeah. obviously, none of that ended up mattering at no. all. No. No. So. Yeah. There's even more to that, but I'm not going to bore everybody with it. It, uh-huh. it kept getting worse. Yeah. Um, you know, more draft picks thrown at a terrible problem. I was and, trying to think of another quarterback, whether you would, uh, if you would. Um, Steve Spurrier? Well, that was the first one. That was the easy one. There's there's a couple. Um, You're not going to stump me. There's it's No, impossible. there's one from, um, oh, God. I can't. He was from, like, South Dakota, North Dakota. Yeah. Uh, um, Gosh, I the can't. one from Minnow State? Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hedberg, uh, Randy Hedberg. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Dude, Very good. Randy Hedberg <coughs> is famous between me. <laughs> between you? <laughs> between me and some of the PR guys that we've had here, and I'm uh, going to tell you why. Okay. Let me look it up here. There is another one, too. Why not? Um, there's another guy. I have to think about it. Hmm. There's, there, were, there were a lot of different oh, yeah, there uh, were unusual of, quarterbacks yes. uh, in the early days, but I opened the wrong file. Right. Yeah, there is, that, was, that was an issue. And then when Doug Williams came, that, was, that changed everything. That was, he, this was he, after Doug Williams. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah after, okay, so among qualified passers <laughs> uh, in Buccaneers history, All right. Randy Hedberg, so not the guys that threw like one pass or two. Yeah. By the way. If you take is there the, is there a quarterback from Minot something like that's that? That's Randy Hedberg. That, that is him. And okay. they don't even have a program anymore. All right. Among <laughs> among qualified <laughs> passers, yeah. The dead last in passer rating is Randy Hedberg, <laughs> who threw <laughs> who threw ninety <laughs> passes, completed twenty five of them, mm-hmm. which is a twenty seven point eight completion rate, mm-hmm. threw for two hundred forty four yards, which is. 244 divided by 90, Mm -hmm. 2.71 per attempt, zero touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 15 sacks, and a 0.0 passer rating. You know how hard it is to get a 0.0 passer rating? He's just a little better than me. If I stood under center, took one pass, and threw it directly into the ground, I'd have a (laughs) 39.6 passer rating. You have to actively work hard to try to get a zero. Well, those were rough times back it's then. It's not yet. Yeah, that was a 77. It was a terrible team. Yeah. Every quarterback that played for us that year was had couldn't do anything. No. Jeb, Jeb Blount is right above him mm-hmm. at a 28.4 passer rating and 89 passes, zero touchdowns, well, seven interceptions. They, they used to uh, – they, they would um, – you know, they won by defense. That's, that's not, what they did. Well, they did when they started winning. Yeah. But they weren't winning in 76 and 77. I mean, people used to yell, give the ball to Leroy to score because <laughs> you had a better shot at it. Yeah, they had the best defense in the league in 79. Yep, yep. yep. 
right. So, <laughs> you know, don't don't try to throw a name at me. I'm going right. to know it. You're good. That's why you're the senior writer. Uh, let's also, uh-oh. Uh-oh. This could be, well, hopefully uh, it's not our very last visit from Michaela yeah. with the game release there sliding under the door. Yes. Who's on the cover? Mike it's Evans. It's almost, and the wave and the smile. And the wave. Uh, Mike Evans is on it. Mike Evans. Yep. I he like is. that. Good. I, I do too. All right, what else you got? Not much. All right. Got a couple fan questions too. Um, mm. I did like that the Pittsburgh Steelers won and Mike Tomlin is over 500 and he's still never had a losing how, record. How about that? Isn't that amazing? It's so great. So great. I wanted that to happen so badly. I I was so impressed. And then um, uh, I, uh, these are all random notes. I think this is how we're ending these things. These okay. Days. Um, I was watching the game, uh, the uh, the Sunday night game. So uh-huh. obviously that's NBC, and halftime has Tony Dungy. Yes. Tony Dungy threw out Rob Julian's name. No. Our groundskeeper. Really? He's been our groundskeeper. Because I I got up and took a shower during halftime. Because I missed got, it. I know I got because I. Oh man! So here's the context. Rob Julian is a Bucks head groundskeeper uh-huh. and has been for like three decades, essentially. Um, Used Tony to pointed out that Dallas is one and four on the road on grass surfaces Yo. this year, and so he's like, I got, "You got to tell Rob Getting Julian ready. to get the field ready or something like oh, that." Oh, that's great! Dallas is one, so. Did anybody record that for Rob? I texted him, and he didn't respond. So we'll see. He's what not he a big, thinks of he's that. He's not a big Texan. Well, and he's not going to put his. He's not going to care about somebody putting his name out there. No. But I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it's cool. Like I know who Rob yeah. Julian is. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny when you hear a name that you know? Yeah. Or you kind of get excited <laughs> over it. Yep. That's funny. That's great. Well, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys are not very good on the road. They haven't won a road playoff game, I think, and since like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, 95, I was, 92, how much does a stat like that? However, Tom Brady is 7-0 and against the Dallas Cowboys. So. Yeah, but he was 11-0 and against the Falcons until this last game. Well, so. there's that too, right? Although he didn't end he up didn't getting He didn't end up trolling. Yeah, yep, yep. He's they're 4-4 and four on the road. We're, mm-hmm. we're, I think we're 4-5. and five. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, that's that. I, I, yeah, they're 1-4 and if, four on grass surface. Listen. If you don't come to play, you're going to lose. And I, and period. I mean, it's not oh, one of yeah. those like, oh, this is a slam. I think this game They're going, favored. Yep, by three. Yes. Which is really by six because you basically get three for being at home. Right. Which is about all the gambling knowledge and, I have. And it always blows my mind how Vegas figures it out. Like, you know, we, were, we weren't favored in Atlanta either. There were three games like that. I think Chargers and Giants. Uh-huh. Maybe not Giants. I, I, you could tell that Vegas did not believe that the Bucks, Chargers, or Giants were going to play their starters. Yeah, yeah. Or play them the whole game. Right. But I think this game uh, goes, uh, you know, into the fourth. I have no idea. How th- I hope so. Well, personally, I hope we just jump out and then they have to throw the ball well, and we start picking them off. That would be that's, great. That's my hope. But that's I will, my dream. I will take it's close in the fourth and we've got Tom Brady. Listen, if I have to stay up late on Monday night again, this better be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember – our last playoff game uh-huh. just looked disastrous All most the of the way. End. What was the score did we come back from in that uh, game? It was like uh, 28 to 3. Oh, you think it was 28 to Yeah, 3? I do. Because I would think, I think I put, I think I gave a note to Gene saying, don't forget, Tom Brady against, uh, you know, in the Super Bowl was down. It, it was like in sometime in the third quarter, we were down 28 to 3. What, are you going to look it up? Mm-hmm. See, see if my memory serves. 27 me. to 3. Oh, okay. Well, close enough. But that was still a good note. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and how – you know what? I This is going to sound really bad, and, and I apologize if I offend anybody, but 
I kind of would have liked it if we didn't come back and then lose because my hopes were too high and then got squashed. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to agree with you on that you one. Know. It was extremely it, exciting. Was that, it, was, it was one of those, like, oh, my God, we're going we're gonna, <laughs> to win this well, game. Well, I thought we were going to overtime. Yes. And who knows what happens there. Yeah. But we had all the momentum. Mm-hmm. And then a couple Cooper Cup plays yeah. later. It's Cooper Cup, which is when you look at a team of the Rams, they what are they? They were what five and twelve this year. I have so many windows open right now because you keep oh asking my, me questions. Well, I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, you talk about a team they they have dropped the furthest from any Super Bowl team. The fewest wins, right? Yeah, from you know, um, five, what were they? Five, five and twelve. Yeah. Unreal. We're so much where the head coach, uh, Sean McVay, is saying, yeah, I don't know. Seems to be I, contemplating a potential I'm, departure. Right. They yeah. don't have picks for a while. Their salary cap bad. But they, you know what? They did what they needed to do to get a Super Bowl. And yeah, sometimes and they, sometimes you have to pay for it in years, but at least they got They one. ran the F the picks strategy, and it worked. And everybody, including me and their mothers, have said for the last yep. year it was worth it. It is. It was worth it to it win, is. but they're appearing to be in position to have a worse mm-hmm. Super Bowl hangover. That's how dramatic that strategy was. Yeah. When it crashed down, it really has crashed. Yeah, down. it wasn't an ease. It was. I mean, the Buccaneers in 2003 went seven and nine after winning the Super Bowl, and we got had a ton of injuries, C- key injuries, yeah. a couple of weird ending games. We always have to obligatorily mention sure. the Indianapolis game. Yep. And then it just kind of melted away, but it right. was still not a disaster. Like you could, you could go back in time, change a few little things here and there, and that team would well, still be competitive. We lost Mike Allstott and Joe Juravicious on, on the one play. On one play, yeah, yeah. And it so, was kind of downhill from there. Yes, it was. Well, you had the Carolina game where you had the comeback win, except that you do, you get the extra point blocked. Mm-hmm. You would have won the game, but yeah. they win in overtime. Yeah, you had the Indy game, which we don't need to talk about. No, nope. it was just a yeah. They it, were. You are what your record says. Well, you yeah, but yeah. they were what? What's what I'm looking for? Not uh, struck something struck. They were. Uh, I don't know. I know what you're saying. They Cat, had. They had something no luck. bitten. Something bitten. Oh. <laughs> it's a famous thing. People are saying what it They're is. Screaming snake right bit. Snake bit. <laughs> Good job, go. Jeff. People are people are screaming at it until you stop. You dumb. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. All right. What were we talking about there? Uh, we were talking about uh, how far the Rams fell. Okay, and, so and and the Dallas Cowboys, how we have to play, and it's in you know we're looking for an exciting, fun, um, and and I you know what the thing about I I really in my heart of hearts knew we were going to play on Monday night. I just felt everybody like, thought so. Yeah, here, I, yeah. I I really felt that that was going to happen, and I think even more so when ESPN lost a game last week because they had to you know um, cancel that game. So I thought, you know, the league's going to take care of them, and you know, this is a great matchup. And what I what I like best about it is, like you said previously, we're going to know where 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 we where we stand. If we win, we're going to go here, probably Philly, but Philly or San Francisco. Well, no, not in the second round. Well, it depends. It could be, well, yeah. Or we could go to or you yeah, know, if the Giants beat. The Vikings. Then the Giants go to Philly. Yeah, and we'd go to San Fran. If yes. We, if we, or the winner of our game would go to San Fran. Right, right. To get a home game, the Giants. And Seattle. Giants, if, Seattle if you're a Buck fan, you are now G-men and Seahawk fans. The 12th men. Yeah. So you, if that happened, it would be Philly 1, Bucks 2, Giants 3, and Seattle 4. So we'd host the Giants. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? I mean, that's far-fetched. Yeah. I, I, I would be... 
shocked if Seattle beat San Francisco. Uh, I think everybody would be shocked. San Francisco's <laughs> becoming the juggernaut. Oh, they're good. They are All right. very good. A couple of last-minute notes. Okay. One. One. Uh, the Titans lost every single game after they fired John Robinson. Just saying. Not sad. Just saying. I know. I'm with you. Uh, I, one thing. I don't love that new Atlanta stadium. Of the new stadiums, it's not even close to my favorite. Minnesota's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I think well, they, the hole in the they, they never yeah. open the roof. No. And it's gimmicky anyway. Yeah, the round video I, boards yeah. are gimmicky. Yeah, the, the the video boards. I I don't even look at them because it's too. I hard. don't either. It's too hard for me. I I think it's a it's a nice stadium. It's fine, but it's a, I mean, you know, every new stadium now should be awesome. Yeah, yeah. The problem that I have with the the Viking Stadium, it's a great stadium for fans and everything, but for us, it's a horrible booth. It's Opposite of what yeah. you're normally, it's Nobody it's a cares. reverse field. We don't care, Jeff. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you're gonna, it's a great if you're stadium. gonna crit- critique, it's a great stadium. Um, I hope we're not there. I hope we stay home. So we would go there if Seattle beat San Fran mm-hmm. and Minnesota won. Yep. I don't know, man. Minnesota seems like the best possible second round matchup. But a few weeks ago, the Giants played Minnesota very, very tight. Yeah, didn't they win like and, on a 61 yard field goal? Or yes. Yeah. Every, no, there's a lot of people that think the Giants are going to upset the Vikings. I don't think – I don't th- – well, if you say slam – I don't want to say slam dunk, but when you look at the games, uh, they're pretty they're, – they're, I mean – The only obvious slam dunk. I would say Seattle and San Francisco is the one that you go, yeah, I think San Francisco is yeah. going to win. But if you look at the other games, Cincinnati, <coughs> Baltimore, you know, that's going to be a if great Lamar game. If Lamar Jackson plays. Yeah, that's going to be a great game. Miami may have a tough time at Buffalo. Yeah, especially if yeah, uh, yeah. especially that's if, a good one. That's because good one. it doesn't look like two is going to play. Right, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Probably you you would expect Buffalo. So the to, two seven seed, the games between the two and seven seeds are the ones that seem most obvious, which yeah. is obvious. Right. It's like last year we were the two. Philly was the seven. Mm-hmm. I know the final score was thirty one fifteen, but it was thirty one nothing at one point. Mm-hmm. We dominated that game. Yeah. Anyway. I was saying about that stadium, I, there's nothing special about it in my mind. Mm-hmm. But they did one thing right, that, you know, people should be learning from experiences at other stadiums right. and, and getting things right. And one thing they got right, the elevator that the media uses at the end of the game uh-huh. is different from the elevator that the coaches use. Right. You know how many stadiums you're in where they're you, holding the elevator for the know, coaches? Do you know where the coach's elevator is? In our stadium? No. Yeah, I saw it in their stadium. Yeah. It's it's where the suites are. Right. So that's the same way the Bucks do yeah. it too. Yeah, they they held up the, the but it's a bank of six, so there is always they only have to take one. But the, you're right. The Bucks have the same thing. Their co- mm-hmm. our coaches go down the suite elevator. Yeah. So all you're holding up there is some yeah. people trying to leave the stadium. Right. And in contrast to in a lot of places the coaches go down the same elevators that the media have to go down. And then it yeah. and the media always has to wait. Yes, the coaches should go down first. I get that, but it could still be frustrating standing there and they're holding the elevators and they won't go. And you're like, there's still three minutes left in the game. Just take us down and bring come back, and back up. up. You're still going to have time. Yeah, right. They won't do it. There's a certain point where right. they won't go. Yeah. So they did it right in this one, and they have the coaches go down. And it's convenient for the coaches, and it works out better for the media. I'll tell you something else they did right at that stadium. They make terrific mac and cheese. You already mentioned And that. I'm not a big mac and cheese guy. It had breading on the top, breadcrumbs. You That's a good sc- thing. You can't scrape them off? No, it's good. So oh. It's a good thing. You know what made it even better? 
if you went to the salad bar and had the bacon bits and threw it in there, <laughs> that was even better. I thought the mac and cheese was fine. I didn't think it was that great. All right, go ahead. Okay, I have, I have, a, I have a couple pet peeves. Uh-oh. Everyone is now saying, players and coaches are now saying, I have to tip my hat off to whoever. That's not the way the thing goes. You tip your hat to somebody, which is saying you're, you're acknowledging that they've done something well. Okay. I tip my hat to him. Or you take your hat off. You don't tip your hat off. But everybody now, players and coaches are saying, I tip my hat off to them. Watch. I'll, t- I'll point it out to you the next time it happens, because it will happen. But if you tip your hat, isn't it sometimes you just tip it and you push it up? Yeah, and it doesn't come off. Right. I tip my hat. I, I think so the image I in your mind tip, is... You, I'm tipping my hat, and I'm taking my hat off. So I'm tipping my hat off. You don't combine them together. And, and I think the tip... The tip hat, tip my hat, the image you should have is you grab the bill with your fingers and you take it off your head and turn it and, and tip it towards, upside down towards the person you're tipping. Okay. okay. You don't say, I tip my hat off. You say, right. I tip, tip my, my hat, hat to that person. All right. Or I take my hat off in oh, deference. All right. It's, but everybody now says, tip my hat off, and I'm tired of it. All right. <laughs> wow, that is. And then the other one is, why do advertisers think, and I, I, this is related because you see these commercials while watching games. Okay. Why do advertisers think that I want to see people sloppily eating food? What do you mean? Give me like, the, it'll be a burger commercial, and the, they'll have a close-up of the guy taking right. a bite, and then he's got to wipe ketchup off of his because you're, cheek. Because you're, you're experiencing, boy, that looks really good. To me, I'm like, I hate, I personally hate getting anything on my face when I eat. Yeah. So, like, wings are you, great, but they're you, a problem. You also don't like mushy onions. I don't, I don't like onions, period. Period, yeah. But, um, so I don't like seeing people getting stuff on their face when they eat. All right. Like if I'm eating wings with a person. He's wiping his face. Sometimes a person, and it makes sense, don't get me wrong. Sometimes a person while eating wings will allow the sauce to accumulate on their face for a while and then swipe it all off at once. Right. Which is fine if you can stand to have that on your face. Yeah. Me? No. I use about 30 napkins when I eat wings because I have to wipe it off after every bite. Sure. I'm with you. I don't like seeing these. You know how you can't, in, in beer and liquor commercials, you're actually not allowed to show them drinking the I beer know. and liquor? It's against That's the always law. been the case. Yeah. I wish that was the case with food commercials. You know, <laughs> McDonald's can show me their burgers, but they can't, can't show me somebody eating eat them. That's I would like that. Wow. Because they all want these close-ups of these people yeah. taking these huge bites. And, oh, I so when did you discover this? Was this on like, Oh, I've always Sunday felt night? that way. Oh, okay. I was just reminded of it. All right. That's fair. You know, you can give pet peeves sometimes too, Jeff. It doesn't have to just be me. Not all. Well, I don't know. Some of the stuff that irritates me, I'm not allowed to say. So, <laughs> and then finally, I've got one hot take. Uh, okay. My hot take is after seeing plays by Devontae Adams and Mike Williams, mm-hmm. maybe one-handed catches aren't really that hard for these guys. Oh. We keep getting like just amazed by these incredible catches, and they're happening like every week now. That's fair. Guys just making. Incredible! What we would consider incredible one-handed catches. Now, do they, do they that's have, becoming normal. Do they have gloves on? They do, of course. Okay, well then the that glo- definitely helps. The gloves are are uh, it does help. It does help, and yeah, but you're right. Most of these every guys, week we're getting a new catch. Yeah, we're like this is these, the best catch of the season. Yeah, most of these guys have large hands anyway. So real big hands. Yeah, athletic, strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great gloves. So that becomes the norm. So my hot now. take is one-handed catches really yeah. aren't as amazing as we're making them out to be. Ah, they it, would be amazing for unless, me. Unless it's Mike Evans making an amazing. Well, that's different. Then it's it. Okay. That one some years ago where he caught it one-handed yep. and took the hit against the Falcons. Yep. Keanu Neal, as a matter of fact. Wow. 
All right, questions. Fans questions? Fan questions. Ready to go. Salty Dogs inbox. All right, go to there. Getting it done, making it great. What do you got? Okay, I think we only have two. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have anyways. Wild card dogs. Between the Christmas comeback and clinching the division against Carolina, the tone of the podcast hasn't been living up to its name in recent weeks. Salty wow. We haven't been salty. Wow. Fret not. By the way, this is from uh, Mark Rice. Okay. Fret not. I'm here to ensure we get our weekly dose of sodium with this question. Ah. When the Bucks or the visiting team, do any fan rituals or stadium gimmicks get under your skin? I'm thinking along lines of who dat, who day, the skull clap and the horn, Seattle's 12th man, the commander's marching band, and that stupid cat sound the Panthers play in their stadium like 50 times a game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure visiting teams have some things to say about the pirate ship and Ray J and its cannon specifically. What say you? The listeners request you reestablish the national order of things and an unburden your salty souls. <laughs> I didn't do a very good job of narrating that because it's well written. Yeah. Very All well jokes written. aside, let's put a run together for another playoff push. And thanks for doing what you guys do. Mark from Mesa, Arizona. Thank Mark, you, Mark. I, I got a question for you because I was having a discussion with my dad who used to live in Tempe, which is right next to Mesa. Uh-huh. And we used to love to go into this little taco joint, which obviously there's a lot of good authentic sure. taco joints. No question. Called Guedos. G-U-E-D-O. Apostrophe S, I guess. It was great. It was in Mesa. Uh-huh. And uh, Mark, write back if you can and let me know if that place still exists. How you spell dad. it? G-U-E-D-O apostrophe S. Anyway. I mean, I think if you've listened to this podcast just a little bit, you'll know which one I don't like. New uh, Orleans. Anything that happens in that stadium yes. gets under my skin, including that stupid song that they play constantly. Um, and the who, the who, they're the who dads, right? Cincinnati's who day. The one I hate. Go, Pat. Go. Oh, do you? Yes, totally. Go. The Vikings one, I think, is very cool. I actually kind of like it. I like that one. It's very, very cool. Uh, and no one hates the pirate ship, Mark. Everybody loves the pirate ship. When people come visit, the first thing they want to see at Raymond James Stadium is the pirate ship. So an opposing fan whose team is losing to the Bucks doesn't e- get irritated. Everybody by the loves the pirate ship. What is not to love about the pirate ship? It well, is so cool. Well, I'm sure Minnesota would say the thing, same thing about their and that's why I like Minnesota. That's why I like what they do. But so it irritates some people. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Cincinnati thinks saying "Who Dad" is the cleverest thing in the. Freaking world. Well, then, unless you're in Cincinnati and you say who they. Who day? I mean, how clever is it when one team says who dat and one team says who day? You say, you say, neither one's clever. You say tomato, I say tomato. Seattle's 12. Um, tw- Seattle's your, taco, 12. your taco shop's open, by the way. Oh, okay. I Googled it. Well, then write us, Mark, and tell us if you've been there and if you agree with me that it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle's 12th man, I do find irritating in, in yeah. just kind of in. In general terms, not in terms of being I, at the game. I will say, it's, I will, not, it's it's not it's not innovative. No, but what I will say about Seattle, when the twelfth man gets cranked up, that is for an outdoor stadium, one of the loudest. That's stadiums. because of the How construction of yes, the stadium. But it's still there. But that's the kind of thing I'm saying that's irritating about a fan base that decided they're the only ones that are the twelfth man, no. and oh, we're so loud. If you put the buck, the a Buccaneers. Sellout crowd in that mm. stadium, it would they be would loud. be just as loud. Okay, I think this is a good question. It's a very good question. I think he kind of, I think he kind of got them all though. Yeah, I mean the the cat sound in Carolina is 
freaking irritating. The Jags do this. Jacksonville does the same thing. They do. Clever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say this about the pirate ship. Whenever they test it after 20-some years, it still scares the crap out of me when I'm not paying attention. They don't say fire in the hole. (laughs) They used to say fire in the hole, but not anymore. Um, I'm trying to think of what other... This uh, is a tangent on that, but what I, you know what I've noticed? Mm-hmm. Every single team, including the Buccaneers, every single one, at least every one that we went to this year, now does when the opposing offense gets to third down, goes, I, third. it's third down. I, they need to end that. Every third down everybody, in every stadium. Everybody, it's, yeah. It's not unique. Stop mm-hmm. doing it because everybody's doing it, and it's it's boring now. Well, what happens is people go on the road and see they something. They hear that. And go, they go, oh, oh we should yeah, do we that. that. Now, yeah, we should be doing wiener dog races. Yeah, oh. but we don't have to do third just down so, anymore. Just so you know, you I did tell I, Jim. I text Jim during the races and said, "Get ready, here come wiener dog races. <laughs> this this is this is incredible. They're so good." <laughs> and he, I saw him yesterday, and he starts laughing. He goes, "He goes when when I saw your text, he, he did send back a ha, but he goes when I saw your text, I started laughing and I said it it was really very cool. And then I told him that you thought it was great, and he went, "Well, it must be good if Scott liked it." It was awesome. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't love little puppies running around and, and half of them doing exactly what they're not supposed to do? Yeah. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the third down, big it's, yelling. It was fine for a while. Yeah. But now everybody's doing Literally everyone is doing yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's Good fair. question, Mark. I'm trying to think of uh, other stadiums. Like, uh, I will say uh, what's very cool uh, at SoFi Stadium with the Rams is they have their own rock band, which is pretty good. I mean, the Raiders used to have that, but that's pretty good. Um, I think you've done a good job. You answered this by by bringing up um, the Go Pack Go thing. That, yeah. For some reason, that one doesn't really bother me, but I no. can see why it would. Yeah. It. I just. It's more the since the New Orleans thing is more the those same freaking clips of music that they always play, yeah. rather than. But the, that's a tradition, so you have to respect it's that. A dumb tradition. Well, their fans love it, so. That's why the Christmas bears are a tradition too, and they didn't work this week. I know, that's but what, I yeah, but we'll I'm, still play next week. Yeah, you you are going to put the bears up, right? Yeah, okay. bucks. We have a Cowboys one, so okay. we'll do bucks over Cowboys. All right. Well, maybe that's why it didn't work because you really didn't have an Atlanta Falcons yeah. one. She made one. Oh, did she? Well, Giselle made it. Giselle made it. Yeah, she but made your a mom cover did. for the But your mom made. But she made a she made a cover for the Panthers one too, and it worked. Oh, okay. So as long but, as but your mom made the Dallas Cowboy one, right? Yeah, we, okay. It was well, one of that, the original like ten. That then I that's had. that's the real one. Then I'm going with that. So uh, good else? question, yes, Mark. Mark. I think and, Jeff answered pretty well. And we try to be, uh, you know, um, if things don't go right next Monday night, next Tuesday, you will hear some real saltiness. Just so <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Could be for. the last one for a while. Too, it will be. So we usually don't do be it. Be careful. The be careful what you wish for. All right. All right. One more, and right. uh, fittingly from our, our buddy in uh, Arizona. No. Arizona. <laughs> you moved him. <laughs> Mark's our buddy in Arizona. Yes. Alexander's from Brazil. Ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well. It does. Playoffs, baby. Yeah. Three exclamation points. I like it. Home game and all the excitement for the third season in a row. Which is pretty dang amazing when you think about it. Do you know what the Bucks record all time in Raymond James Stadium in the playoffs is? Oh, gosh. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, I'm trying to think of when we lost there. We lost against the Rams. Well, yeah, we only lost one, right? No. Who did we lose to? It's oh, four. go ahead. It's four and three. Who did we lose to? We beat Washington 
in 99. Yeah. 1 and 0. Okay. We beat San Francisco in 02, mm-hmm. 2 and 0. Yeah. We lost to Giants. The Washington uh, in 2005. I don't remember that game. There was a game where we heart it, it was the defense was great but we couldn't score. All right. We we lost to the Giants. Giants, I remember that one. In 07, which was the year they went on to beat the, and then the undefeated Patriots. Uh, and then the Rams. Yeah, so now we're 2-2. Two and two, And then we won Super Bowl 55. I mean, I know it wasn't technically a home game, uh, but I, I didn't phrase it that way. I said the you know, record. That's right. You tricked me. So now we're 3-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Then last year we beat Philly to go to 4-2 and two, and then lost the Rams to go to 4-3. and three. Okay. So it's 4-3, and three, which is pretty good. So, yeah. Well, what's interesting, though, if you look at the playoffs, road teams uh, and home home field advantage is not what it used to be in playoffs for the league. I was reading that it's pretty well matched up right now. Really? Yeah. Which is well, kinda, the Bucks helped that. Which is w- kind of surprising, but uh, that you know, going on the road isn't as bad as it used to be. The Bucks helped that by um, going three and zero on the road in twenty twenty. Well, yeah. All right. Who has the most playoff games as a, played as a Buck? I, b- I believe the answer to my question will be someone who played late last century, but I'd really like to know for sure. And where is the Salty Dogs merchandise? Since you did, thanks for reading. Alexander Nascimento from Sao Paulo, Brazil. I would say most playoff appearances, I would say Mike Allstott. Nope, he's tied for second with 10. Ooh. Probably because he didn't make it to the 07 game. Oh, uh, Rondé Barber. Nope, he's tied for second with 10 because he didn't play in the 9. 90- the first 97 game. Oh. If you recall, Rondé was drafted in 97. Brooks? Yeah, Derek Brooks. Because okay. he spans all the way from the 97 playoffs to the 2007 playoffs. He got into all 11 games. Wow. Shelton Quarles also was tied for second with 10. Okay. And then John Lynch, Warren Sapp, Carl Williams all had nine because they weren't around for the 05 and the 07 uh. games. So, Derek, Rondé was around from 97 to 2007. But in his rookie season of 97, he only played one game during the regular season against Arizona. It didn't go very well. He didn't play again the rest of the regular season, and he didn't play in the wild card win over Detroit. Hmm. But then they decided he was our best nickel option, and they played him against Green Bay. So right now, Tom Brady as a Buccaneer has six. Six. Seven, eight, nine, ten. He can get to ten. He can get to to ten this year. That would be great. (laughs) That would be great. I like it. I like how I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm. Positive. The power of positive thinking. Yeah. Well, if you don't put it out there, it doesn't come to you. Just remember that. You got anything else? Well, I ju- we didn't talk about it at all. What? The um, DeMar Hamlin uh, situation, what which a, is getting wh- way better by the day. How it. He's back in Buffalo now. Yes. Absolutely. It's fantastic. From eight days ago to. It, 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 it's when amazing. We did this. It truly is. It, it's and, fantastic. And it's what I like the the best part about a horrible situation. The best part about it was people put all their differences aside, politically, everything, and they all came together underneath this one umbrella. And I totally appreciate that. And his fund was what's it eight million dollars now. Mm-hmm. That they're converting but, it into into a um, um, foundation. Good. So the and just the most amazing, not the most amazing moment of the whole thing, but one of them was the Bills playing for the very first time <laughs> since he <laughs> suffered cardiac arrest and had to be revived on the field. Open the game with Naheem Himes 
returning the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Yeah. That just got to, if you were in that stadium, that had to give you goosebumps. Well, not only did it once, he did it twice. I in know, the game. but the very, very first, first play. Are they like destined to win the Super Bowl now? I don't know about that. I don't know. No. I wouldn't say so. They're certainly on an emotional high. So that's, you know, emotion that plays a lot. That can work for you yeah. or against you, though. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, we all want, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say we all want Buffalo to win the Super Bowl. But no. We all want. You want a feel good story. You want a feel good story. Yeah. And obviously, you want DeMar Hamlin to. I mean, it seems like. At this point, eight days after it occurred, that if you put up all the possible range of where you would be right now, yeah. it's got to be at the very top, at the very possible best that you could have hoped for. He's right. Yeah. I mean, there's a chance for complete and total recovery. He could he could end up playing again. Have you heard that? Yeah, that would be unbelievable. There there is that. I mean, not this year, but no, obviously. I mean, it was a it was a cardiac arrest, and so it was. You know, the question why, you know, was it just because it just yeah, they the heartbeat at the right time getting hit? Right. It's you know, not, the, he didn't have an underlying condition. Right. So the odds of it happening are. Right. But, but do, and, and the best possible news is that it doesn't appear to have caused him any neurological mm-hmm. injury. Right. Do we know? We can't know. No. But how are they feeling now about how well, because he suffered damage to his lungs, heart and yeah. lungs, right? Right. Will they heal completely? Yeah. God, I hope, hope so. so. Right. Hope so, hope so. Hope that's even on the range of possibilities, but it's not a guaranteed thing. No. And, no. of course, it will be a good outcome if he just lives oh, a long and happy no, life. Yeah. But the unbelievably most amazing outcome would be if he plays in the NFL game, yeah. assuming that he wants to. Right. Which I bet he does. Yeah. So that was t- that kickoff. And it was cool, everyone wearing the three uh, T-shirts yeah. throughout the league and painting the 30-yard line to three yeah. and outline No, they did, it. They did, they did a nice job, yeah. Uh, but just that, that was a... Chill-inducing moment. Mm-hmm. I, there's the, we were in the press box, weren't watching the game because our game was just starting yeah. too. And Andrew Holman of, of communication part, department turns to me and goes, "The Bills just returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown." And we're like, like "What? Yeah, you gotta be kidding." That's kind of like that was kind of like the Katrina. Uh, oh, the Steve first, Grayson thing. Yeah, the first New Orleans the game. The block pun. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Well, how I that wish works. those situations weren't necessary, but it is kind of amazing how somebody does something incredible in those moments anyway all right that's all i got jeff well good well hopefully we're back next week and we'll be salty but in a fun way and send questions to salty dogs at buccaneers.nfl.com all right since you did thanks for listening